Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline there's plenty to celebrate in march and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On on a Wednesday. I am Mike Palm. He's a mall shark. Coming up in 30 minutes, our regular guest this day of the week, Frank Schwab, will join us uh, via Skype from Denver. We'll ask him about these NFL playoff races and maybe about a couple college bowl games as well. Amal. Yeah, I can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. Amal, I give you credit. You tried to talk me off my one loser last night, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Wim Sanderson's team went into the pyramid and got run right out of there last night, losing by 14 to Memphis. Good call by you. Yeah, I just want to give you this water so you can eat some more road chalk next time. It'll be easier to swallow. What Amal doesn't talk about is our our dominating winners, the three-unit play with Aston Villa under, uh, and also first period under in Dallas last night. There were no goals in the first period of that game. You you said you liked the Blues last night, and they came away victorious 4-1. to one. Well, they lost three in a row. I think this is a solid team, but, uh, you know, sometimes you got to be able to gotta put the plays in, as, as Paul would complain about, because I didn't have a play. But you know what? Hey, don't worry about it. You keep eating that road chalk in college basketball. All right, Amal, you're in a good mood today. Let's focus on one of the am, topics. There's no heat in this place. One of the to- <laughs> topics that you really like, futures bets on individuals in the NFL. Let's talk about... <laughs> The MVP race. Is this what we're really talking about on a Wednesday in the middle of December? We got bowl games. We got college hoops. We will continue our YouTube series of bowl previews in the B block of all. <laughs> Thank you. Stick to script here. And what the country wants to know about is Tom Brady really this much of a runaway for MVP as shown in the betting market. Now, minus 175 for the 80-year-old wonder, Tom Brady. Yeah, uh, apparently is the case. Uh you know, I still think it depends on how the uh, Packers finish out. If Aaron Rodgers' company wind up with home field advantage throughout, I think you got to make a case for him. But Brady, obviously, it's almost somewhat of a sentimental favorite. 
you know, so many times when players are at the back end of their career, they seem to be given awards and other things. I'm not saying he hasn't played great, but when you look at the statistics, 27 to four for Rodgers, 36 to 10 for Brady. I mean, I, I, the big number that jumps out to me is just the four picks. Aaron Rodgers. This is every year with Rodgers. He's uh, like is. 30 and two, 33 <laughs> and every year. It's, it's unbelievable what he's able to do. Um, and Brady's great. He doesn't turn the ball over, but he's also got far more talent around him than Rodgers does. He does, uh, especially with his wide receiver core. Uh, the road runner who lost on Monday night, Kyler Murray is the third choice at 12 to one. Matthew Stafford, I think you can draw a line through him because I don't think the Rams are going to be a division champion. Even if they are, they're not getting the one seed. He's 14 to one. Remember, at one time, Matthew Stafford was the favorite at five to one. Dak Prescott and Pat Mahomes also at 14 to one. When we take a look at it statistically, the touchdown interception ratio for Rodgers stands out. He's still available at five to one. Um, Passing yards per game, to me, depends as a function of your offense uh, and how often you're going to throw the ball, so I'm not big on that. But when you look at this, double-digit interceptions for Mahomes, Prescott, Brady, and Murray and Stafford have nine, and there sits Rodgers with four. Yeah, you know, the thing is, when you look at the rest of the names on this list, Mahomes has not played at an elite level. We're used to from Patrick Mahomes. Dakota Prescott, bad game against Washington. I don't think he's in the mix. Matthew Stafford, I actually would have higher than Kyler Murray simply because Murray missed Three games. I think it's hard in the NFL to win an MVP when you miss that many games unless you just have an exceptional season. He's had a good season. It hasn't been exceptional. Rodgers has been terrific, and I think Brady's been outstanding as well. So you can see why Brady's the prohibitive favorite here right now. Let's talk about this game tomorrow night because I think it's a very, very big game. Obviously, if the Chargers win, they are in first place in the West because they'll have the same record and they'll have beaten the Chiefs twice. Remember that crazy game in Arrowhead early in the season, week two or three, where they eschewed the field goals because Viscano was so bad. And just kept throwing the ball to Mike Williams on fourth down there. Uh, and they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Chiefs are a three-point favorite at SoFi uh, tomorrow night at Mall. Minus 165 on the money line. A total of 52. I'm going to have a strong play on this game tomorrow. Which side? I love the Chiefs in this spot. Yeah, I think they're going to win this game also. Revenge game here. We saw it with the Rams on Monday night. Bounced back very well after they got that pick in the red zone. Turn things around, and I think it'll be something similar here with Kansas City. Defense is playing far better, but the one concern I have from a Chargers perspective is can they genuinely get stops when they're needed? We haven't seen this team put a real stop together when it's been needed for about the last six to eight weeks. The biggest stock they got was Joe Mixon fumbling that football in Cincinnati and going back for a scoop six. I'm convinced if that doesn't happen, they're losing that game and blowing that 24 yeah, nothing lead. I was wondering when the Chargers got that scoop, uh, scoop and score, was Joe Mixon going to dance by himself like he does after every touchdown, forgetting the other 10 guys help him get to the end zone? This is an aside, but I think the NFL should put in a rule of all, and you could concur or not concur with me, as the boys in the morning say. If your team is trailing by more than one score, so down nine or more, and you get this turnover, you, the whole defense does not have the right to go in the end zone and celebrate. No, I think it gives us something to talk about what buffoonery and idiots exist. I, I mean, what are they doing? There's a team that was down 28 points that recovered a fumble, and all 11 people are down there posing. They ran 96 yards to the opposite end zone to go pose down 28 nothing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, if they gave some of that effort on the first 96 yards know. of the drive, they would have been able to stop them. I think you should be able to celebrate when you're winning and you make a play like that. I just, it, I'm it, with you. It I infuriates you. me. It infuriates me when they do it like that. Okay. All right. We both like the Chiefs in this game tomorrow night. If you like the Chargers, is it better to play them plus three plus 145 on the money line, or to win the West at plus 225. Remember, they'll be tied with the tiebreaker advantage should they win. Yeah, that would be a huge edge right now at this point in time because they'd obviously have those two wins. You look at the rest of the schedule. They should be able to navigate the rest of the way. However, um, 
to me, when I'm looking at both teams, Kansas City with the tougher game against Pittsburgh at home, then they have the Bengals as well. Chargers, what did you say the price on the Chargers was? Plus 225 to win the West. Yeah, here's the problem, though, Mike. Most bettors are not going to want to tie up money for four weeks for one bet. I hear you, but it's I'm a just, sure. I'm just telling it, you As opposed most... to a season-long bet where you're tying it up for five months. Well, well, are we talking the real season-long bets, or are we talking about the fictitious ones we hear so many other times? On well, it? I'm talking about the ones where people actually <laughs> yeah. put money up uh, and not the ones that are betting on credit. Chargers at Texans, post-Broncos, and at Raiders. Okay. Uh, do they run the table if they beat Kansas City? They do City? run the table. But uh, I'm not convinced they're going to win this game on uh, Thursday night. You know, I think if you're going to play the Chargers plus the three, I think you should be making both plays. You should play them to win the division, and you should play them on the money line on Thursday. Would you consider betting the Chiefs minus 165 third tomorrow night and the Chargers plus 225 to win the division? Not a bad play. It's actually a very smart play. That's where I think some of these numbers, if you take a look at them, you have an advantage. And that's a perfect example. That's a really good find by you. Okay, it's really good find by Britton, who put it in the rundown. Now, let's take a look at the current seedings and both conferences and odds um, to win division, make playoffs. Okay, currently in the AFC, the Patriots are the number one overall seed and hold a two-game lead on the Bills. Still a game to play in Foxborough with the Bills. They right now are minus $3 to win the division. Is that an appropriate price? I think so, because remember, they have one more game against Buffalo, but they have a two-game lead in the standings. They're in great shape. I think it's going to be very difficult when you look at the Patriots' remaining schedule for Buffalo to catch them. This team is in prime position to be able to be the one seed, um, and I think they're going to win the division. I like them at minus 300 to win their division, because even if they drop the game against Buffalo, which I'm not sure they will, they, they've got a great opportunity. Here. They're at Colts. Uh, this weekend, they're getting two and a half. And then after the Patri- after the Bills game, where they're currently favored in the look-ahead by two, they host the Jaguars and go to Miami. You know what? I will say this. I think the Dolphins game is probably a little bit tougher than I'm estimating it would have been initially. I think the Dolphins will still be alive for a wild card in that last game in Week 18. Maybe, maybe not, but I'll tell you this. I don't think it'll matter. I think they'll be up for the game. Remember, they beat them in week one in Foxborough. Patriots will be ready in a revenge spot. However, Brian Flores came from New England. I think this team will play well or play hard at least. I shouldn't say play well, but play hard in that game. You know, it's 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 interesting, Amal, because every team has at least three losses this year, right? There's, there's no team standing out with Arizona losing uh, on Thursday night. There's no team with less than three losses. That's through week 14. That's the first time it's happened in the NFL since 2014. Also, Amal, zero teams have clinched this playoff spot through week 14. That's the first time it's happened since 2017. We're going to have, with a 17-game season, this week 18, the final week, we're going to have like 6,000 different playoff scenarios. You know where they go, if this, then this, 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 then this. There's going to be so many teams alive for a wild-card spot that these scenarios will never be more convoluted. I don't necessarily agree with you because the division winners are going to be pretty clear and when you look in the in these two leagues right now in terms of the divisions, I mean you got the okay, you got a plethora of teams in the AFC, but in the NFC, it's starting to get pretty clear in terms of what we're going to see for the wild card. Um, I think you're looking at teams like basically uh, Washington, Minnesota, and Philly competing. But I think you'll see the Saints and Falcons fall off. I think the Rams and the 49ers are going to be two of the wild card teams. So it's you know it's basically three, four teams for one spot in the NFC. Well, if the Saints and the Falcons are no good, and Carolina is no good, and Seattle is no good, then, yeah, it's going to come down to one spot between, or two spots, because I think the Rams are in, uh, two spots between San Francisco, Washington, Minnesota, Philadelphia. Two out of four get in. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was the term you used? I didn't hear it the first five times. I, I don't know. Now, 
Now, in the AFC, when you look at the wild card picture, okay, you've got the, the Chargers right now as a wild card at 8 and 5. Then you have the Colts, Bills, Browns, Bengals, and Denver in a five way tie for the two and three spots, with the Steelers a half game behind and the Raiders and Dolphins a full game behind. Yeah, I, I said the AFC's got a plethora of teams, and I said the NFC's going to come down to one spot with about three teams. Okay, then. Let me ask you this. Who are, the, who are going to be the three wild cards in the AFC? Uh, I think the Chargers are going to be one of them just based on the schedule. I think they've got a weaker schedule. They can, they can navigate that. I think the Colts are a very dangerous team, even though they still have to play San Francisco and New England. They're one to keep an eye out for. Remember, now the Browns with the COVID situation with Baker Mayfield and a, a bunch of other guys and Stefanski, that could be a real challenge for this team with Case Keenum going potentially. Uh, the Bengals, I don't want to back right now, and I don't want to back the Broncos either when they have to play a team with a pulse. Browns, even money to make the playoffs. Bengals, plus 175. Broncos, plus 250. On the other side of it, you're saying it's going to come down to the football team, Vikings, and Eagles. Football team, plus $3, and Vikings are plus $2 right now. Eagles off the board. I like I like the uh, Vikings. And why are the Eagles off the board? I thought it was such a glut of teams in the NFC. Well, and the Eagles are off the board, and the Colts are off the board uh, right now in those two races. So, uh, I agree with you. I still, you've been able to get the Vikings to make the playoffs anywhere from 350 to 150. Wow. I still think plus two dollars is a good price there. It's, I would I tend to agree with you on that one for sure. In, ter- in terms of talent wise, now they do find ways to they do find ways to lose games. All right, when we come back, as I said, we're going to continue our bowl preview, including the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, the Trockel Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl, and the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. That's next. Odds on. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties, like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or a mall's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's just perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com slash f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It is odds on. Mike Palm and Amal Shaw coming up in 15 minutes. We're going to have Frank Schwab, senior NFL writer and betting analyst for Yahoo Sports, join the program as he does almost every Wednesday. Amal, I want to continue on with this fabulous fabulous series we're doing on the bowl previews the youtube youtube's going wild over this uh we're getting a lot of hits a lot of hits i mean tens of dozens let's start out in boise on that famous blue turf for the famous idaho potato bowl that'll happen next tuesday december 21st 12 30 pacific 3 30 eastern time at albertson stadium featuring kent state the winners of the mac east against wyoming who finished an impressive tide for fourth in the Mountain West West. Um, we last saw Kent State in the MAC championship game, losing as a favorite to Northern Illinois in Detroit. Um, Wyoming, they're on six and six. They didn't have a great year. Their penultimate game, they had a very impressive win, their best win at Utah State. They won 44-17, but followed that up by losing to Hawaii at home, 38-14. Amal, this Wyoming team at 6-6 six and six, still favored by a field goal with a total of 59. Yeah, you know, when you look at it, because Kent State really can't stop it anymore. Dustin Crumb's been great offensively, but it's the lack of defense for the Golden Flashes that's been the problem. We'll see if Sean Chambers and company can move the ball. Weather-wise, you have to favor Wyoming in this game, even though Kent uh, climate is not quite as cold or windy as it would be up in uh, Laramie compared to what we're going to see at the Boise-Idaho uh, Potato Bowl. I favor Wyoming in here. Better conference, a little bit more rigors of the league. Kent State, when you look at them in some of these matchups, look at the game against Northern Illinois. Rocky Lombardi and company were just moving the ball at will. Dustin Crum and company couldn't even score in the first half. Even though Wyoming sent a prolific offense, I think Chambers and company find a way to eke out a win here. Which was the better conference this year? And from looking at just the top teams, you could probably argue one over the other. But which was the better, stronger conference? The MAC or Conference USA? Good question. I would probably lean towards Conference USA uh, just by a slight hair there. But you know, the one problem with the MAC is it's always been a problem for a long, long time is nobody plays defense. 
defense is generally void in a lot of situations. Kent State's a perfect example of that. I mean, this is a team that destroys Northern Illinois, scores a million points of the game at Kent. They go to, uh, you know, Ford Field, and the offense actually played a defense. The defense played halfway decent for NIU, and they shut them out. I think the Conference USA was stronger at the top. When you think about UTSA, Western Kentucky, Marshall, I think the teams, to me, in the MAC this year were like, Right, right. I mean, they just beat each other, and everybody was seven and five or six and six. Not a great year for the MAC. We've seen yeah. better teams, especially at the top. I just think this was a, a average year at best for the MAC. You know that conference USA when it was good, but before it was conference, when it was the Metro Conference, that was very good basketball in the Metro Conference when it had Louisville, Memphis, Memphis Cincinnati, State, Memphis State, Florida State. That, that was that was quite a conference. All right. Here's what I think is the unsung gem of the early bowl schedule, and that's the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl from Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. That's also next Tuesday. It's the nightcap, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern. Two very good teams there. Interesting matchup to me, UTSA against San Diego State. UTSA was champions of Conference USA, a high-scoring team. They have this terrific running back, Sincere. Um, remember this team beat Illinois earlier in the year, their only loss in their final regular season game, which was to North Texas in a game. They really didn't need, they had it sewn up. They were still ranked in the 20th, really no shot of getting into the playoffs and then beat Western Kentucky at, in their home stadium to win the conference USA. San Diego state had COVID problems, disappointing conclusion to their season, losing at home in Carson, uh, to Utah state in the mountain West championship game, 12 and one on the year. Uh, 11 and one on the year before that. 11 and two, still a, a terrific season uh, for San Diego State. Interesting number here, Amal. Two and a half in favor of UTSA with a total of 49 and a half. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by this. You mentioned uh, the running back, sincere McCormick for uh, UTSA has been outstanding. Him and Frank Harris combined for over 2,000 yards rushing. Harris, the quarterback, with over 500 yards rushing himself, so he can do it with the arm or with the legs. But McCormick's the guy they need to slow down if they're going to win this football game. On the flip side. We'll see Bell and Bell, Greg Bell, the primary running back, uh, and Chance Bell there for the Aztecs. Let's see what they can do on the ground. I like their chances. I just don't think the UTSA defense is necessarily good enough to slow down sometimes an inept Aztecs passing attack. It's question mark here. Who's going to be the quarterback for San Diego State? Is it going to be Johnson? Is it going to be Brookshire that gets his call in this game? That's something to pay attention to. But I still think San Diego State, uh, I, I think the wrong team is favored here. Their defense is better. I think they'll be able to get enough stops and put uh, UTSA in a t- difficult spot. I like the Aztecs in this game. What do you think of this total, 49-and-a-half, extremely low for a UTSA game? It is, but then on the flip side, you're playing a San Diego State team that's elite defensively or at least very good. So for me, no play on this total here. Uh, but I would lean towards the over, Mike, because I think the Aztecs are going to score some points in this game, and I also think UTSA will be able to move the ball as well. Game is in Frisco. Does UTSA have the advantage because of geography here, or will San Diego State travel well to this game? I don't think anybody's traveling to this game, but maybe a few people decide to make the trek up, uh, you know, to go to, from San Antonio to Frisco. It's a Tuesday night game. I mean, what, what are the Roadrunners going to bring in, 5,000 fans? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I just don't see in a lot of these games played before Christmas Day where there's a home field advantage or any kind of advantage for a team unless it is real, literally at their home stadium. All right, and then in, in the next day on Wednesday, another game played close to the Metroplex in Fort Worth is the Armed Forces Bowl. Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl always features uh, one of the military teams. This game goes at 5 Pacific, 8 o'clock on the East Coast, and it features the Missouri Tigers taking on Army. Missouri comes in at 6 and 6, but, you know, they finished tied for third in the SEC West. I mean, I know there's three or four teams that tied for third, but that's not a bad thing in the SEC West. I mean, they're playing in the strongest division in football. 
Army closed the year, of course, with a loss to Navy. Ends up eight and four. Uh, losses to Liberty and Navy, or, or win over Liberty, and then the loss to Navy. Ends up eight and four. Army Army laying more than a field goal here. Three and a half total. Fifty eight and a half. I'm all. I like the total here. Yeah, over. Over. Yeah, it, so do it, I. Exactly. I'm with you on that one. They finished uh, tied in the SEC East. In the SEC West, I don't think these guys would have much of a pulse. But regardless, when you look at this Missouri team, Connor Bazelak's been outstanding in terms of throwing the ball, but the interceptions are a concern for me. Tyler Batty is one of the most underrated running backs in the league. Uh, I think Army is going to get points, but I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Missouri athletically. I think the Tigers, despite their ineptitude defensively, should be able to move the ball in this game. I, I lean towards Missouri plus the three and a half here, Mike. But I would take a shot with the money line as well. But three and a half in an Army game is critical because you could have a tie game situation late and Army would choose to go for the two in the win. Um, but I like the over with you here. I think Missouri's going to score some points and I think Army will be able to move the ball on the ground as well. I think Army will be able to move the ball on the ground at will. And, I, yeah. and it won't be a lot of this fourth and one stuff. I think they're going to gash them on the ground. I agree with you in this sense. I was surprised this total. I expected to be high 60s, not 58 and a half. I agree with you as well. I would have put this game somewhere around 67 or 68. I just don't know. Remember that game that Tennessee played against Tennessee, uh, Missouri played against Tennessee, and Tennessee gained like 624 out of 638 possible yards. When you take it where they started each drive, there was like 12 yards. They kicked a 29-yard field goal one drive. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> truly unbelievable what they were able to do offensively. We saw Texas A&M. We saw Tennessee move the ball at will against this team. I think Army's going to be able to do that on the ground. The one thing I love about these service academies, they hit you with that pass when you don't expect it, and if you can complete it, it's going to go for about 60 to 70 yards at the right time. Yeah, I agree with you there. I want to take a, 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 a quick look at a couple college basketball games sure. uh, tonight, Amal, before we go here. Um, our school, and we say our school because we bet on them several times, and we, we think they were highly underrated this year and got the win for us at, at Illinois on Saturday. Arizona is home tonight in Tucson, taking on Northern Colorado. I know a lot of these games are very high spreads, yeah. and you tend to stay away from them. Laying 24-and-a-half tonight, Amal. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I think the uh, Northern Colorado is going to struggle to score the basketball against this uh, Arizona team. The problem with Arizona is people didn't realize that Sean Miller didn't leave the covered bear. They've got some guys there. I mean, DeBellis and Kerr, these, these are two guys who are going to play at the next level. They're dangerous. They're tough. And I think you're going to see, when you see Coloco inside, the size and the length of him, it becomes tough for a team like Northern Colorado to score. Arizona is going to go with tempo. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a really tough game here. I, I like Arizona to run away with this game, Mike. Probably somewhere around 85 to 55, something like that. The University of Southern California is undefeated at 10 and 0 and ranked 10th, and take on Cal Irvine tonight. Trojans lane 11 and all. Yeah, this Irvine team has only played three road games so far. Not too far of a trek here, just going north up on the 405 to get to USC. Uh, I, I think they're going to be in trouble though shooting the basketball. USC defensively is an elite team. I think people don't realize how good they can be on the defensive side of the ball all year long. I like them, along with Arizona, to compete with the Bruins for the Pac-12 title. I agree with you there, and they're always tough with teams that can defend and rebound. They're going to stay in almost every game. All right, when we come back, we're going to have our favorite guest, Frank Schwab. We're going to ask him about the NFL playoff races and who he might see as a dark horse. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The College Bowl season starts this Friday, and VSIN has got you covered with our all new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. Whether you're betting on every game, not them all, 
playing contests, not a mall, or just want to find a fee, a few key high-value props, not a mall, the VSIN College Football Guide can help give you an edge. Get your digital copy today for only $19.99 at vsin.com slash bowl guide. Welcome back into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw, and joining the program as he does almost every Wednesday, we have Frank Schwab, senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports and betting analyst as well. Good afternoon, Frank. How are you? Good, good. What's going on, guys? Oh, it's just it's just another week in Vegas with 70 mile an hour winds like we had last night. We're all bundled. Uh, we're, we're having them in Denver too, so I feel you. I'm flying to Iowa on Friday. I think I'm going to be just in time to catch the winds the second time. Frank, we started the show talking about NFL MVP, and I know you have a few future bets in your portfolio. Tom Brady right now minus 175. Aaron Rodgers at plus five dollars. Is Rodgers worth a bet at that price? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously that's the value. I don't see anybody else on the board other than these two. We're down to two. I thought Kyler had a shot, but he would have had to finish very strong. And I think he had to have a big game against the Rams on Monday Night Football. You you can kind of see like, hey, Kyler threw four touchdowns. They beat the Rams. All of a sudden, everybody's paying attention to Cardinals. Well, well, that didn't happen. So, so I think we're down to two. I think Brady wins. Uh, you know, I, I think, but the price is is gone. Like it, nobody's betting minus one seventy five on Brady to win the MVP. So, yeah, Rodgers worth a few bucks, sure. I mean, in case Brady falls apart down the stretch, winners a two-team, two-man, two-team race, and one of them is plus 500, that's where the value is. So I think I think that's the only answer. Frank, I want to go to tomorrow night's game between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, Chargers. Chargers are obviously a three-point home dog here, but really an opportunity to seal up the division if they were to win this game because they'd have the head-to-head tiebreaker and look at the remaining three yep. games. Gives them a huge edge. Much easier. Much easier, Much easier. absolutely. Yep. Uh, how do you see this game playing out? Because Kansas City has really turned things around, and they're playing extremely well. I still have a ton of question marks about this Chargers defense. Yeah, and I would love to back the Chargers here. I'm always kind of that dude that's on the Chargers every year, like like many of us. Uh, but I can't see it. I will say this. Look, I mean, this week has already been batty, and I think it's just going to be weird the rest of the year. Where, you know, on Monday I was like, Chiefs, Chiefs, whatever. And then Chris Jones ends up on the COVID list. And you're like, well, he is the guy there. I we don't talk about Chris Jones as much as we do T.J. Watt or Miles Garrett or you know some of these other really elite defenders. But he's just as important to the Chiefs as T.J. is to the Steelers or any defender is to their team. And if he's removed from the equation, all of a sudden it changes their defense. Their defense struggled early in the year when he was playing out of position. So that gives me a little bit of pause. I'll still be on the Chiefs. I just trust them more. I think they're the better team. The Chargers are just so up and down. And this is from somebody who's backed the Chargers way too much over, not just this year, but previous years. I just can't trust the Chargers in this place. There's no home field advantage there. We know that. So don't don't give them any credit for that. that. And I just think the Chiefs are a better team right now, and they're going to end up getting this and, and winning the AFC West. Talking with Frank Schwab, senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, also their betting analyst. Uh, Frank, I want to talk about Saturday night. We got Saturday games. How about the the, the nightcap on Saturday night? Patriots at Colts. Patriots still undefeated on the road here. Colts might be your most dangerous wild card team in the playoffs. Colts laying two and a half right now with a total of 45. Do you have a play on this game? I, I honestly was shocked by the line. I expected to be on the Colts, but pick them. You know, at minus one, just be based on the public perception of the Patriots as world beater, their number one seed right now. Belichick's coach of the year. They've won, I believe, nine in a row now or whatever it is up to. Uh, and to see the Colts come out as a, a fairly significant favorite here uh, is it surprised me. This was one of the most surprising lines of the year. I'll still probably be on the Colts. I, I still just like what they do. They're at home. And I think that is a little bit of an edge. They're the more desperate team. The Patriots, 
with the with the Bills' loss the other day, Patriots really don't need this one. I, I mean, it'd be great for the number one seed. They still have something to play for, but it's not like back against the wall. Whereas I think the Colts can not only make a statement that they're a very good team that, that's much better than their record, but this kind of would almost clinch a wild card spot for them. So I, I like the Colts here. You know, I, I got to ride with my guy, Jonathan Taylor, right? Like I can't, I can't turn him down. So I, I'll probably be on the Colts here, but I was surprised by the line. To say that. Yeah, Frank, I tend to agree with you. He's been terrific for this football team all year long. I think it's part of Carson Wentz's resurgence is the play yeah. of Taylor this year. Do you believe this team can make some noise in the postseason? Because I think when you look at the AFC, yes, New England's done a tremendous job, but they've got a rookie quarterback. And Kansas City, yes, they're playing extremely well, but I'm not a firm believer in their defense. I think the Colts are kind of a dangerous team that nobody's maybe looking at potentially because the ability to run the ball in the postseason is always an advantage. And their defense. I mean, their their defense is legit. It has been for a few years. I, I look at this team as maybe not as well coached as the Patriots, but as well coaches just about anybody else. Uh, Frank Reich is a really, really good coach. They're balanced on both sides of the ball. The only thing they're going to have to avoid is the Carson Wentz meltdown. We've seen that. That Man, that over... Like, as, for someone who has a, a billion futures on the Colts win the division, watching Carson Wentz throw away that game against the Titans. I mean, if they win that game, they're going to win the division. Now they got no shot. So they're going to have to avoid the Carson Wentz meltdown. But other than that, yeah, you're right. Nobody in the AFC do I feel great about. I still... To this day, maybe I'm missing somebody, but I don't think there's been a quarterback to make a Super Bowl yet. And so that that you know, and you know, for all the talk about you know Mac and and you know how they won at Buffalo, well, you're going to get into a game at Foxborough. It's really really cold, and you're not necessarily going to be up seven zip right away. You're going to be down seven zip, ten zip, and all of a sudden Mac's got to throw 25 times instead of three times. Can he handle that? I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case yet. We haven't seen it, especially from a rookie in January. So. I think every one of the teams on the board has flaws, and why not? Because they're, they're a very solid team. It's, it's tough to go on the road three straight weeks and win, but the, hey, the Bucks did it last year, so I can't rule it out. I, yeah, I do like the Colts a lot, and I think there's value on that line. Frank, Lincoln Financial will be the site of what I call an NFC wildcard elimination game on Sunday between the yeah, football so. team and the Eagles. You know, the, the betters, especially the Sharps, have loved the Eagles all year, and we've seen these linemen. This game's already a 7 in favor of the Eagles. Are you willing to lay the points here in this spot? Or maybe is it a money line play or a tease game for you? I, I can't lay that many. I just don't think the Eagles are very good. We don't even know if Hurts is going to play. And I know, you know Minshew had a very good game the other day, but that was against the Jets. Every game against the Jets deserves an asterisk. If, if you put up numbers against the Jets, it's like Chicana's half, basically. So I don't know. And, and Hurts is up and down, too. We, we don't know what we're getting out of Jalen Hurts, even if he does play. I know they're splitting reps in practice this week because he's still working back from that injury. The problem is, like, again, I mean, this is coming up with just about every game. The COVID issues for Washington are pretty intense. And I saw somebody, maybe uh, Nikki Giabala from The Athletic, who I know, she tweeted out that uh, thirty that Washington has 30 people on either injured reserve or the COVID list right now. I mean, it's just, it's hard to play that way. We don't know if Heineke's healthy. We don't know if McLaurin's healthy. If, if you can give me Heineke and McLaurin in a lineup, I'll take seven points. I think that would be enough to, to entice me to take the underdog. But stuff came to bet just because we don't know who's going to play and, and who's going to be available for each team, really. Frank, there will be 11 bowl games played before we speak again next Wednesday morning. Is there anything in this early slate that stands out to you? I haven't honestly really looked that closely at it. I was going to do that later in the week. I got a couple of days here just <laughs> banging away on NFL. I will say this, that... 
I've looked at flights for the maybe the Las Vegas Bowl a few times. Mm. I'm just saying, mm. yeah. Wisconsin Arizona State. It's going to be that that stadium is going to be so red that uh, your head will turn. We actually have some sideline passes for that game, so if you're coming out, let me know. Mm. Mm. Ah. Mm. Okay, that that that. <laughs> I will keep that in mind. Actually, uh, by the way, he, he just decided he's coming based on that yeah. statement alone. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Frank, I want to quickly, NBA tonight, uh, Noah Giannis in the lineup for the Bucks here. Home right. dog for the defending champs against the Pacers. Really don't understand the fact that they're a home dog. I get Giannis not being in the lineup, but Indiana can barely get out of their own way. Miles Turner trying to get out of Indiana. He might stay behind on the bus ride tonight uh, if they can't get out of town in time. But, I mean, I'm surprised by this number here. I do. Middleton's banged up as well. That that worries me. But this Bucks team has faced adversity before, and they've played well without Giannis. We saw that in the playoffs last year. It's rare. He's kind of, He's been pretty reliable as far as being in the lineup most nights. So we don't have a huge sample size of them playing without Giannis. But they still battle hard without him. Uh, again, it's one of those, is Middleton going to play? Is he 100%? What do they got on the court? But they've been playing very well outside of Giannis. I mean, Giannis... The other night, I, I I don't remember who they played, but he, he wasn't even much of a big factor in the offense necessarily scoring the ball. He was more distributing. Boonholzer has told him, hey, pass the ball more, trust the offense. So I think these guys have been a little more involved lately in the as they've won games. And I, I don't necessarily cross them off the list just because they don't have Giannis. They can still win this game at home against, like you said, uh, an Indiana team that's dealing with its own issues. Uh, let's go close with this question, Frank. Also in the NBA tonight, the Heat are at the 76ers. 76ers lighting seven. Who is a bigger threat in the East come playoff time, the Heat or the Sixers? I think healthy it's the Heat. They're tough. They they are a team I really respect, and I, I like backing when they're healthy. Obviously, they're not now with, with Jimmy Butler out, but when they're whole, they got shooters. They got an inside presence with Bam. They, Jimmy Butler's kind of an all-around superstar. I really like him. They defend really hard. I really like, I have some Miami futures. I'm not going to lie. I have some futures on them to win the East. I took those early in the season after they blew out the Bucks in the second game of the year. I was like, yeah, I, I was kind of reminded this Heat team is pretty good. I definitely like them to make a run in the East, if healthy. That's that's the whole key now, though. How does the surgery, will Butler ever be right? If, if they're healthy, though, I like them in the East as well as anybody. Frank, thanks for the time. Always terrific. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we're going to answer the question that a nation has been waiting for. Will Amal Shaw give us a play? That's next, Odds On. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot. But the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same-game parlays to a whole other level. Now, you can combine same-game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combo. In addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same-game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can recreate your ideal combination. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-5-2-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. And Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House Void where prohibited. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with Amal Shaw recapping yesterday. Three-unit plays the winner uh, under in the EPL game. Not, not, <laughs> not the Man City game. Were you surprised that Man City kicked the extra point and didn't go for too late? <laughs> it was the old Wayne Woodrow Hayes line. Seven. Why, beat, did, why did you go for two? Because we couldn't go for three. Yeah, they beat Britain's team Leeds uh, yesterday. We got there with the first period under, but we lose the game you tried to talk me off of. Uh, I did get off of it quickly in that game before the first half even ended. Uh, Memphis took care of business against Alabama. Good win for Penny Hardaway last night. Yeah, yeah I thought it was a tough spot for Alabama. Played a tough emotional game against uh, Houston, a good team. And then all of a sudden, you got to go on the road, turn around at a place that was going to be really hyped for the first time in a long time. They had a big game at FedEx Forum. By the way, they got to get rid of that blue floor. It's awful. Do you have a play today? I do not. I just wanted to make sure you would have something to say. By the way, I was looking for some more road chalk to eat, but there wasn't enough water provided in here, so I couldn't swallow that chalk from last night. All right, let's go to the playbook then. Yeah, that's after, what I thought. After a mall's uh, soliloquy. I'm going to play the same game two different ways, uh, and I haven't done this too often before, but this is the Brighton-Wolverhampton uh, game here in the south of England. Wolverhampton, the last six games under one and a half goals. Brighton, 10 of the last 11, under two and a half. I played this at two different books. I played under two and a half and laid the heavy juice here for a two-unit play. I laid 65 cents, and then I played under two flat, minus 110. You probably could have got it a little earlier at plus plus 105 or or even money. But that's what it was available at when I sent the play in. Um, look, I don't want to bet this game and lay two and it lands two and I get a push because I want to win with two and a half. But I'm going to spread the pick out to get a better price at the two as well, Amal. I thought about betting the draw. The draw is plus 205. Nigel 
pointed this out earlier today. Four of the last six meetings between these two teams has ended in a draw. And seven of the last 11, he, he likes under the draw, and he said put a little money on exact score, nil-nil, and 1-1. Your thoughts, Brighton Wolverhampton. Yeah, first 17 minutes in, you're in good shape. Zero, no, zero. No, no score no, yet. No score. But I thought, generally speaking, when we give these plays, and this happened during college basketball, we're supposed to give plays that haven't started yet. But I put them out. I send it, send it out for the email. I mean, I can't, I can't be limited by waiting to noon for all these games. Well, okay, now I'm aware of that in the future. I might but, have some plays when we get into college basketball that well, start early during because t- Bill e- East Week. Bill Aidy or Ben Fox or whoever, whoever sends out that email now in the morning, um, you just have to get the plays, the plays that are going to start before 10 o'clock our time so that people get them on the email. I see. Gotcha. I've been doing this for a lot. You've never, been, never seen that before? I put these games that started at 11, 11, 30, 11, 45 in there. So people, yeah, but you generally mention that. Well, I, you know, I didn't want to brag that we got through 17 minutes and I had so much equity in my <laughs> ticket. I was going to drive to Reno and find a way to extract money out of it. Okay, uh, let's move on. I thought the and, bigger story was you said Ben Fox was doing something. Well, we thought. We thought. No lineup for Gill show today tweeted out. All right, let's, uh, let's cover a couple other college basketball games. Then we'll get to the NBA and NHL tonight. Ole Miss. Ole Miss is at home tonight against Middle Tennessee State, laying 11.5 with a total of 134. What do you think of this Ole Miss team? I'm well, they played poorly uh, last game against Western Kentucky. They could not get up a shot against the length of that zone, especially in the interior with the 7-5 big man there for uh, Western Kentucky. But I think when you look at this team, they'll bounce back defensively. I like them against the Blue Raiders here in this game. I actually think they'll cover the 11.5. These two teams met last year. Also, Ole Miss ran away with this game. Got to be better defensively. I think we'll see that. We saw Western Kentucky shoot the ball well on Saturday against Ole Miss. Like the Rebels here at home at the Tad Pad. Huge interstate matchup tonight in Eugene between Portland and Oregon. Oregon comes into the game 5-5. Five and five. You've been a fade Oregon from the beginning here, Amal. Portland has an 8-3 and three mark. The Ducks favored by 17. Yeah, it's funny. Britton, our producer, texted me. He said, you don't like the Pilots tonight. I didn't actually really look that closely at this game, but this is probably a play you have to take on this Portland team. I thought in the second half of the game at Maples, uh, Oregon looked like they finally started to find themselves offensively, but the problem is they've got too many transfers, and they don't know what their best lineup is so far. Dana Altman's team's got some time to figure it out. They'll win this basketball game, but 17 seems like a big number to cover for an Oregon team that's been highly inconsistent offensively. they got to get on track here. Pilots eked out a win the other night at home, 78-77. I forgot who that one was against. Oh, Cal Poly. So we'll see what happens in this one here, but I would lean towards taking the Pilots in 17. Amal, I think the best game of the night in college basketball is going to be on the Palouse between New Mexico State and Washington State. New Mexico State comes into this game at 8-2, and two, uh, the Cougars at 7-3. and three. Washington State lane 7 at home with a total of 137. Yeah, I like Washington State coming off that loss in uh, Spokane uh, they had the other day. Uh, I think it was against North Dakota State. Um, but to me, when you look at this team, or excuse me, South Dakota State, when you look at this New Mexico State team, they wanted Gersten Pavilion on Saturday against LMU, and they had 20-plus turnovers. You do that against Wazoo, you're going to get blown out. I like Washington State here. I, I do think they cover the number here. This New Mexico State team is a decent team. I don't think they are as good as they were uh, in years past. I like Wazoo here at home. All right, let's flip to the NBA. I mentioned this game uh, with Frank Schwab when he was on Heat at Sixers tonight. Um, Sixers laying seven with a total of 217. Yeah, you know, when you look at this lineup, it's hard to bet either of these. This is why you're seeing a total of two, 204.5. So many guys out of both sides in the lineup. It's just too many injuries for anyone to bet on from my perspective. Okay. Lakers are in Dallas tonight, favored by a point and a half here at all. I like the Lakers, assuming AD and LeBron go minus point and a half. No Luka Doncic in this one. 
Uh, so for me, when I look at this game, I'd be looking at the Lakers. Are you are you sending the runner home from third base? What's going on here? You're waving your hand. I can't tell if you're telling me to speed up or slow down. No, I'm not. I'm not doing anything consciously. Oh, uh, we talked about Pacers Bucks already. Uh, big matchup in the West. The Clippers are in Salt Lake City tonight, taking on the Jazz. Jazz almost a double digit favorite here. I'm all nine and a half with a total of two seventeen and a half. Uh, do you like the dog here? Um, you know, again, you got to see if. Uh, Paul George is going to go, uh, and that's going to be a key. Obviously, Nicholas Batum also a game-time decision here. The problem, and this is the one thing I talked about the other day, that David Silver needs to address with these teams in the NBA. There's got to be some definitive things where guys are in or out because nobody's really watching the NBA until we get into January, until the NBA regulars, NFL is over and get into the postseason. It's hard to bet on these games. We are just talking about with the Philadelphia-Miami game, the injuries. The Lakers, we don't know if LeBron's going to go, if AD's going to go. Same thing here tonight with PG. If he doesn't go, that's a huge blow for the Clippers' chances in this one. I think these things are all factors when you look at these games, so I can't touch this game either way. All right, three games on the ice tonight in the NHL. Let's start with the first one that goes at 5 Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock local time between the Capitals and the Blackhawks. Marc-Andre Fleury in that, of course, he had the big week last week, getting his 500th win in that shutout over Montreal in his home province. He'll be in net for the Blackhawks. Samsonov in net for the Capitals. Capitals a short road favorite at 140, a total of five and a half shaded to the under them all. I like the price on the Caps. This has been an outstanding team. When you look at them in terms of points, they're right up there with Florida, and they're doing a tremendous job. Marc-Andre Fleury did have that game uh, a couple of games back where he gave up five goals, but other than that, he's really started to settle in and settle down. Uh, this is going to be an intriguing game, but I still give a slight edge to the Capitals here. Not thrilled about lane 140 on the road, but I, I like their chances here. Interesting spot in Phoenix tonight. The Rangers lose again to the Avalanche last night, 4-2, mm-hmm. to two, as they did 7-3 to three in New York uh, with Georgia in that. It will probably be Shesterkin tonight. They're taking on Wedgwood in the Coyotes. Rangers, 220, total of 5.5. Is it justified being a 220 road favorite tonight? Well, I think when you look at the fact that Arizona's got five wins on the season, it's hard to back them. This is a team, unless Phil Kessel is going, it's hard for this team to score. they got to score on the power play, or, or Kessel needs to generate something for this offense to get going. They just don't have the firepower. They compete hard, but they're just not good enough right now. Rangers here, big price. I think Kincaid's going to get the start tonight. Okay. Um, Kraken went on the road last night and won in the H&P Center over the Sharks. Uh, back-to-back now, they travel south to take on the Ducks in Anaheim, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> Gibson got hurt in that loss to the, to the, to the Penguins. Stolarz came in in relief. He's got the start since then. Looks like he'll be in that tonight against Grubauer. Ducks are $1.65 at home. I'm all a total of five and a half shaded over. I like the way Stolarz has played so far this year. Comes in with, I think, about a 2.27 goals against. Um, not thrilled about the price, but again, Sharks on the, uh, excuse me, the Kraken on a back-to-back here. Uh, I think the Ducks should be able to get it done at home. This has quietly been a much more competitive and better team than we've seen out of the Ducks the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, UCLA at home tonight, college basketball, to finish it off here. They're playing an Alabama State team that hasn't found much success so far this year. I'm all there. 2-9. and nine. Bruins are 8-1. and one. Of course, the blowout loss to Gonzaga that everyone remembers. But back to being ranked number four, Bruins laying 35-and-a-half. Will you be watching this game on the Pac-12 Network when it tips at 8 p.m.? And who do you like? Yeah, since I pay extra for that cable itself, <laughs> I might as well get the money out of it. It's only going to last until the end of March or end of February. Uh, UCLA is obviously going to win this basketball game. But remember, this is a team that lost at Dayton by about 39. I think the Bruins, if they decide to blow them out and really focus. Here's the hard part in a game like this. 
You get into that late, late garbage time, it's, a, it's somewhere between 37 and 33. Are you going to get the bucket or are they going to get the bucket against you? But I think the Bruins should be able to roll. They tuned to Visa, and up next, it's betting across America. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.